This is the Journey Toe Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Zanotti. I believe life is about the journey, not the destination. To find the journey in every step of the road, the highs and lows, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, it's in that, it's in those moments that really makes life so beautiful. Our guest today has a journey of her own. She's an author, financial educator, and accounting solutions provider. Please help me welcome Jasmine Young to the show. Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you for being on the show. I mean, you have such an important job. Um, You know, I want to first start off really with backtracking a bit. And I'm saying backtracking because, you know, the world we've now opened up from COVID, I feel like pretty much everywhere. And um, I'm want to backtrack in the sense of what was COVID like for you um, from a financial education standpoint, um, counting standpoint, what was that like for you um, in your world? So COVID actually um, was good for me. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to say, but being a financial educator in a world where they are going through, we're all going through, um, a global pandemic, people are uncertain about their finances, people aren't working, people turn to us at, here at Southern Tech. So um, business for us actually quadrupled mm-hmm. during the pandemic because people wanted to know, you know, what can I do to manage my finances during a pandemic? In the event that this happens again, what can I do to plan for uncertainty? So we stepped in and we provided educational resources as, and of course, our services to be that thought leadership and to be that guide and advisor that um, people needed during the during the time of the global pandemic, where nobody knew um, if they were going to be paid, when the payment was going to come, what unemployment going to look like. We were we were there. We were there. You were there and you, um, you know, you're, you're viral. You um, have a very strong social media presence. How did that happen? How did you become that voice? How did you become the social media um, advisor, if you will, in this space, the yeah. person that people leaned on and are still leaning on, I should say, um, in presence tense? How did you how did that how did that door open for you? So we actually, because everybody was at home quarantining, the only way for us to get to people was through social media. So we started doing um, lives on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, We started tweeting a lot of information and people started to share our videos, which brought in, you know, people that we weren't already serving. It brought other people in to say, hey, even though you're at home, here's this platform that's giving out educational resources as it relates to, you know, budgeting, credit, taxes, retirement planning, estate planning, everything that you would need um, from a financial planning standpoint. We were giving information out over our social media accounts. We also um, hosted classes for people to attend. We even lowered the classes to $5. You could come to a class for $5 um, and participate and get information on specific topics so we basically use our um virtualness if you will to get into the homes of people and provide them the advice that they needed so it kind of worked out for us because when we started this firm seven years ago we started it with a virtual um aspect in mind we wanted to be able to serve people no matter where they were so we had mechanisms in place already 
to be able to reach out to people, even if you weren't in Atlanta, even if you weren't in Alabama, we could talk to people over in Afghanistan because we had Zoom, we had social media, we had everything already in place. So when the pandemic happened, we simply acted in our role because we had planned for uncertainty. In the event that we're not able to meet with our clients, meet with our prospects, how are we gonna get the information to them? So our business model, our virtual business model actually catapulted us into the position to become the thought leadership during the time of the pandemic. And so was there something that happened? Was there a certain post, a certain, just a certain somebody pick it up? Like at what moment did it become viral? How did, how did the viral wave happen for you? So we basically got on a schedule and started doing classes on a certain day at a certain time. And people started to catch on that, oh, this platform goes live on this day at this time. I wonder what's going to be the topic for this week. And people started to share that. We even broadcasted, hey, we're going to go live at this time. Um, And people started to share and catch on. And it just began to build the audience. So once the audience um, began to build, then our calendar started to fill up with consultations. People wanted to talk one-on-one about what they could do individually in their own finances for us to help them. So it was literally like a word of mouth referral type thing uh, where we literally just used our platform, put ourselves on a schedule to say, hey, we're going to do a class uh, once every Thursday. And here it is. And it just it just went from it just went from there. And boy, did it go from there. Um, yeah, it went. <laughs> it went. Yeah. You know what I think is so important that the story, the important nugget of this story that I'm hearing from you and that I've heard for so, from so many other people that I've talked to on the show, myself also included from my own business, the power of helping people in this time period without... Um, asking for something in return financially or for a very, very, very discounted, very bare minimum rate. Um, Talk about that. Talk about what the service industry looks like, how people have uh, maneuvered differently during these times, given of themselves of service differently, and how the benefits have reaped uh, differently in return. Um, What has that changed your outlook of how you're going to be doing business moving forward? So the good thing about that is we started this, this company, this CPA firm, with the people in mind. So even though, of course, this is a business, we started our business with a purpose behind it, which was to spread financial literacy around the globe. So in a situation where a global pandemic hits and people aren't, they aren't able to afford different things, we stepped in and said, hey, we're still going to do what we um, purpose ourselves to do from the start and be that thought leadership and provide that um, that financial literacy that we were already providing. And in turn, what happened was people began to say, hey, I don't have this amount of money, but I can do this. Can you work with that budget? It started to bring other people in because we showed that we cared. That's what we did. We showed that we, we care about your finances even outside of a global pandemic, but we also care about it inside of a global pandemic. So we're still going to be there and we're still going to serve our purpose of spreading financial literacy around the globe um, so that people can, no matter what the climate of the world is, we show that we care. Um, I've told a lot of people that have asked the same question that you asked, like, how does that work? Like, how did you maneuver that? And I tell people there's one key to business. People won't do business with you until they know that you care. 
And when we showed that we cared, we reaped the benefits of that. And we're at a point now where business is overflowing. There has, there has been a constant influx because we showed that we cared. To the service-based business owner who's out there um, and or let's just say product-based business owner. So the business owner who's listening or viewing who has been working off the mindset of retainer or financial, you pay me this in exchange for this, you get this in return. What would you say to that person now that you've gone through the pandemic and you've operated differently of how you maneuver, um, what are some tips of what you would say of the way to, to maneuver now um, as a business owner and be able to flourish through service um, that's maybe a little bit differently than the way we're traditionally taught to uh, operate and maneuver in business? I would say make sure that you always provide a personal aspect to the service that you're offering. People don't want to do business with systems. People want to do business with people and they want to do business with people who care. Um, a lot of the people that have come to us have said, you know, I didn't get this personal relationship with this service provider or that service provider. So when I was able to get that from you, it made me feel this way or it made me feel that way. Mm -hmm. That is what I would say to those service based um, business owners out there. Do not negate the personal aspect of your business. You do business with people, not with systems. Give people a personal connection. It's the connection that's missing. And even if you look um, outside, outside of just what we do, um, all the other businesses around us are putting things in place to where you don't have to interact with people. And people are missing that. And that's what we provide. So I would advise all business owners, if you're providing a service, don't forget the personal aspect. And probably, and don't move strictly off of, right, of how, of payment in the beginning. Right. And absolutely. Now, of course, business is business. You do have to be paid for your services. Mm -hmm. You have people to pay and we understand that. However, I encourage you to attach a purpose and a mission to, to your dollar. Because a dollar without a purpose and a mission doesn't move people. Or move you. Or move me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I've noticed, at least for myself, when I'm working with as a publicist, when I'm working with a client, um, you know, that's the biggest thing I'm looking for is the purpose behind it. Because I, I move differently when it's a purpose. I have a passion for it. So I'm, I'm you know, right. it's a, it's a difference. You have a different kind of grind. So that's that's so important. Let's switch gears a bit to uh, what's on your shirt there. So Black Wall yeah. Street. I see Black Wall Street is all over social media, all over my yeah. timeline. So you're yeah. doing a great job with your marketing. For those who do not know, talk about Black Wall Street and your involvement with Black Wall Street. For those who don't know, Black Wall Street is at, well, actually was a predominant African-American community in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, that was actually destroyed um, because of a white mob back in um, 1921. So this year, um, 2021, actually marks the 100th year anniversary of what most people know as the Tulsa Race Massacre. Um, so Black Wall Street actually consisted of over 600 businesses, 30 grocery stores, two movie theaters, a bank, a school system, uh, six private planes, 21, um, 21 uh, grocery stores. It was a the most prominent African-American community to date. 
where the black dollar circulated 35 to 100 times before it left the community. Whereas now the black dollar only circulates six hours mm. before it leaves the black community. Six hours. So what six hours, mm. a very, very drastic difference. And what has happened since then is that the wealth that African-Americans were able to accumulate back then because of black, the destruction of Black Wall Street, we have not been able to regain our wealth since then. And the wealth gap since, since that time has only grown. Um, so what I did was I put together um, a event called the Black Wall Street Black Business Expo, where I brought in several small businesses. It was over 54 vendors there. Um, as well as some financial literacy advocates such as uh, David Banner, um, Melody Holt and Marceau Scott from Love and Marriage Huntsville. Um, Dr. Erica Jones talked about uh, healthcare in the African-American community and, and other entrepreneurs um, who banded together with me to talk to the community about what we can do to revive the spirit of Black Wall Street, how we could use entrepreneurship to close the wealth gap that we've been experiencing since the destruction of Black Wall Street. Um, and also Mr. Hill Harper um, uh, gave us a uh, preview of his app that he created called Black Wall Street, yes. uh, where it, it, it it's a digital wallet and a cryptocurrency trading platforms that is 100% Black owned. So we talked a lot about what we can do individually. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, we talked about what you could do individually to um, increase your own wealth. And then of course, collectively increase the wealth of our community. So we did that event over 400 attendees. Uh, we did it through our nonprofit, which is the Financial Literacy Institute, where we actually put together educational courses and resources to give low-income um, low communities and underserved communities access to the financial resources that our counterparts have access to, that we have, because of you know issues like redlining and, and new laws, um, we give them access to those things that they, are other, they otherwise have not been able to gain access to um, because of things that have happened racially um, in, our, in our society and in the, in the country. Talk about the importance of this. Why was it important for you to put this event together? And can you share a story or two um, of, of the impact of this? Uh, of, of maybe someone who has shared a story with you of, of something that bounced out of this um, or how someone may have gotten their groove back or an opportunity that came out of this that, um, that sprouted out of this as a, a result of your efforts and your service to the community, the Black community specifically. Yes. So um, Black Wall Street, the reason I I wanted to do it number one is because black wall street isn't taught in 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 the history books in school mm -hmm. a lot of people had no idea what black wall street was until we did this event right. um so it was very important for me to educate that's that's our mission not only in my cpa firm but also in the nonprofit, the financial literacy institute is to educate people on finances and what what other way to let people know that hey it is possible for you to achieve wealth because our people have done it before. And I wanted to just provide that, not only the education um, of Black Wall Street, but I also wanted to celebrate our ancestors who lost their lives due to racial violence, not just through Black Wall Street, but also we did it on Juneteenth, which is now a federal holiday as of a couple of weeks ago. 
uh, Biden did sign in um, into law that Juneteenth is a national holiday. So I wanted to celebrate us because we see so many things in the media as it relates to the African-American community that isn't positive. And I wanted to bring a positive light to our people. So that's why it was so important for, for us to do the event. And you have no idea the, the outpouring of comments and thank yous and um, motivation that people have said this event gave them. Um, some people were uncertain about whether or not they should become an entrepreneur because they didn't know who they could go to. Because we were bringing in 54 vendors, they were able to go to these different companies and say, hey, I now know a company that I can go to for my advertising or for my CPA services or for consulting. And not only do I know somebody, I know somebody that looks like me that does it. And that's what we that's what we wanted to wanted to provide. And and we were able to do that 10 times over. Tell me about you, your mindset. How do you um, how do you stay focused? How do you stay grounded and how do you give back to yourself? Um, I, I, I can hear your passion as you're talking. And, you know, yeah. I'm a passionate person with what with what I do. Um, how do you find the time to dive into you? So I actually have to make time <laughs> because I do, um, like you said, I do so much for my community. I'm always thinking about other people. How can I help other people be better? So I have to constantly remind myself and make myself take time for me. And I do that by uh, meditating. I love water. Um, it's the summertime. So going to the pool. Yeah. Um, I like to write. I like nature. Um, being outside, sitting on my back deck those type things or just taking a moment to not be on my devices, not answer emails, not answer phone calls and just meditate and be thankful um, for where I am in that moment. So it's a, a mindfulness piece that comes into play um, that I have to be mindful of for the lack of a better word um, to make sure that I am well within myself so that I can give back. So you always want to uh, reflect inward so you can project outward. So I have to constantly remind myself that, hey, while you're taking care of others, don't neglect self. Speaking of that, when you're when you're doing that and you're in these modes of where you're um, you're giving to others and you're not neglecting yourself, do you find yourself? Um, is there a certain something that you do every day that you just can't live without? Is it a certain um, I don't know, a certain practice that you do every day, a certain thing that you yeah. may journal, do you vision board? Um, what what do you yeah. do? What's your world like for you? So my thing in the mornings is getting up and um, meditating. Um, I meditate on all seven of my chakras. Okay. Um, and I have affirmations. I speak those affirmations over myself. I like my candles. I like my incense. Um, and I... Um, give thanks to the most high and then I'm able to start my day and that's a routine thing um that helps to center me so that I know that going into my day I'm prepared for whatever is coming my way um and I can definitely tell the difference when I get up and I don't do it and I rush into my day it always comes back to bite me like hey you didn't you didn't do your your affirmations this morning. You didn't take care of self. So it is it is very um it's calming to me. Um at the same time, it's also uplifting to me um because it helps me to prepare for others. Can you share those affirmations with us? Do you mind? 
Oh my goodness. It's 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 very personal. Um it's actually mm-hmm. seven of them for all seven chakras. It's it's um a lot of people who are getting into, you know, chakra healing. Um they get so confused on what to say. So I actually let my inner self lead me on that day to whatever it is that I need. So my affirmation today may not be the affirmation tomorrow because I get into my spirit to see exactly what it is that I need. In other words, you you ask the spirit, you ask the universe, uh, yeah. uh, how can I go within? And then yeah. what, then you're spiritually led and what is, what is told to you, you speak off of that and, and ask for af- affirmations based off of that. Yeah, I do. That is beautiful. I go to my higher power and, and, and figure it out together. Yes. Uh, can you sh- talk about that voice, that voice, that inner voice uh, that you just call it the higher power? Some call it the universe. Some call it God. Some call it, yeah. you know, everyone has different words of what they may call that voice. Some call it their angels. Um, but yeah. when did you hear that voice? When did you know that that voice was your guiding voice? And um, how often do you always listen? So the first time I heard it uh, was actually in eighth grade. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. Um, I didn't, I would say around maybe three years ago, I realized what the voice was. Um, but I've always been um, a seer. Um, I've always seen things. I've always heard things. And a lot of people say, you know, I heard someone call my name, but when I looked, there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. And I started to share these things um, with my mom who explained to me that, hey, you know, you're not crazy. Yeah. Uh, this is something that you that that runs in the family. I did not know that this was a gift on my mom's side. So when I when I um told her this and realized that it was a a gift, I started to study it all the way back to my ancestors, all the way back to my roots in Africa. And mm-hmm. to answer your question, no, I don't always listen. And I'm learning that life is easier when I do, but sometimes I'm hard headed <laughs> and I don't listen. But those to me are learning lessons to say, hey, um, you can trust yourself mm-hmm. because the voice that you're hearing is, is guiding you. Your ancestors are guiding you. You're, the universe is giving you what you need. You simply need to be able and willing to accept it so that you can maneuver and journey through. Yes. Yes, that's so true. And they just and literally will lead the path if you allow if you allow Absolutely. the process to happen. The process is already Absolutely. led for you if you listen. Yes. Well, I'm going to wrap up this show with a segment that I call Tell and Tell, which is a play on the word show and tell. What is something mm-hmm. that you can share uh, with my audience that no one knows about you yet? Um, what a secret, if you will, about yourself? So, um, of course, this isn't a secret to my family because we all know, but for those who don't know me, um, one thing that I would like to share um, is is how, is why I started to connect to my roots. Um, I'm actually an eighth Cherokee Indian. I still mm-hmm. live on, my family still lives on um, our land. It's called Indian Ridge. It's an Indian mm-hmm. reservation. Um, so that as a child, I did not know the importance or the richness and heritage that was there living in Indian Ridge. But as I got older um, and started to tap into my roots and and to figure out, you know, 
why am I so attracted to water? Why am I so attracted to nature? I'm learning that there were healers in my in my family that were Indian. So it's it's connecting me. Um, the more I get connected to my roots, the better I'm able to maneuver in life because I'm able to understand why I'm able to do the things that I that I'm able to do or why I do do the things that I do. Um, and it's 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 weird because a lot of people say, you know, I don't really know why I do this. I just do. But being able to find out the why I love water, why I love nature, why I choose holistic healing over Western medicine, that is um, the secret to my inner happiness, I guess you can say. Um, so, so knowing that I can trace my heritage, um, even back to, you know, um, back to being a, a healer and the shamans and the chakra healing and all those things, being able to trace my heritage back to that. Um, that's what keeps me sane. That's what keeps me sane. Yes, that is so beautiful. You know, this conversation I know was spiritually led because what's interesting is even as we talked before and as we, I prepared for this interview, nothing uh, a lot, nothing was mentioned of us talking about spirituality or anything along the lines of what we've ventured into this conversation of talking about. I'm yeah. very much so into spirituality and the fact that we have ventured into this um, lets me know, you know, we're on the right path because I'm in alignment and you're in alignment. And so clearly we are aligned absolutely. together, which is why we're on this. Uh, we're doing this interview together. Yes, so absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, isn't that seriously? Just think about it. We were over here taught to, uh, on a whole different path and look at where this journey, if you will, has ended up. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I uh, I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you blessing the audience with um, some tidbits on your financial journey. Um, you know, if, if someone is interested in joining j- j- joining your journey, um, yeah. how can they go about finding you and, and tagging along, if you will? Sure. You can always uh, follow me on social media. Um, yes. You can go on Instagram and Twitter to your family CPA. Um, that is my personal page. That is me. That is tweeting. That is me. That is posting. Um, if you're more interested in connecting to the firm, um, Southern Tax Preparation and Services, you can actually connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Southern Tax Prep. And you can even go to southerntaxprep.com slash services and book a free 15 minute consultation, um, to sit down and discuss your finances with me. Thank you so much uh, for Absolutely. dropping these nuggets. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Um, I am very much so impressed with you. Keep doing what, what you're doing. Thank Keep you blessing so um, the audience. Keep blessing our people. Keep spreading uh, your your word and being of service. Do know that um, you may not see it, but I see it and the world sees it and, and it, it's an appreciation. So. Keep, keep doing Thank what you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, that is it for this episode of The Journey Told Show. I'm going to leave you with words that my father so often said to me, and that's to be the best version of you that you can be. Until next time, folks, let that sizzle in your spirit. Mm-hmm.